0: On this week's episode, we'll cover why the investment market may see a recovery in risk tolerance, and we'll also delve into scraps growing importance in the steel market. All this and more on Freight Up. Hello and welcome to Freight Up. My name's Fernanda and I'll be your host as we navigate through the seas of freight and commodities markets. And if you haven't already, make sure to check up our website, FreightUpPodcast.com, where you can follow our show, see show notes and contact us. Now on to the show. First up, your favorite fuel oil broker, Archie Smith.
1: One of the kind of big stories at the minute in the broader oil market is that the EU are really trying to crack down on imports of Indian fuel that has been refined from Russian crude. Russian oil exports are back up to pre-invasion levels. So, you know, the same kind of levels I was exporting before they invaded Ukraine. Uh, those back to those levels in April with 80% of those exports going to India and China. And, and you know, what's happening is India and China are buying so much of this discounted crude, refining it into products, and then the West is buying it back. So effectively, you know, it's, it's almost like a loophole. So the EU are, are currently kind of in talks of how to crack down on this, you know, what to do in kind of an explicit criticism towards India for this loophole. And the way that, you know, Russian oil is in a way finding its way into the West by being refined in, in these other countries and then getting shipped off as exports of products. So, you know, that that's happening at the minute. America also talking about refilling the SPR, which they drained by about 200 million barrels, something like that, in 2021. So they're looking at buy some barrels back for that starting maybe next month. I mean, who knows?
0: What impact would that have on the market?
1: They offer support to the market because... If a massive buyer like America are coming in, the American government are coming in, saying right, we're going to start buying back oil for our strategic petroleum reserve next month. People are going to be like, right, okay, there's going to be a lot of buy side demand, so find some support. This week we've been pretty range bound in in the Brent crude futures, specifically. We've kind of just sat between seventy four and seventy six dollars per barrel. It's really not doing much. There's been no massive movements as such of late, but I can imagine. Had America not come out saying, right, we're going to refill the SPR, we might have seen that the prices continue to drop down below that 74 mark. But, you know, like I said, we've been pretty range bound past few days.
0: That's pretty interesting. I guess yeah. we'll have to keep an eye on what Uncle Sam does.
1: Looking more specifically at the fuel oil markets, the SING point five spreads are really, really pushing the time spreads. Beginning of the week, the front June versus July SING spread was trading around $6.00. When I left my desk just now, it was, it was getting traded at, at $9. So that, the, those spreads are widening, especially in the front. The high sulfur fuel oil spreads really haven't been doing much of late. The 380 CST is kind of around the 4 dollars 5 mark in the front months, on the time spread that is. But yeah, we're not seeing a lot happen in the high sulfur fuel oil. Apart from the crack, the euro high sulfur crack, staying at these strong levels that we've been seeing for the past kind of couple of weeks, around the negative $12 mark. Today we've actually broken through that trading around minus eleven sixty dollars per metric ton, and and, I, and that's really just you know the, the European market kind of realizing this squeeze from the lack of Russian supply. You know, Russia used to export a lot of high sulfur fuel oil to Europe, so you know since February those sanctions came in, there's been a squeeze in the market, and that's therefore pushing that high sulfur fuel oil crack stronger in the euro which it has been for a couple of weeks now, and therefore keeping the, that high five spread that we love to mention on here uh, pretty pretty narrow. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Euro high five is still pretty narrow, as it was last week, but around 83 in the uh, front month, June. That's what's going on in the fuel oil market at the minute. Also seeing some strength in the six point five crack. We were speaking to a few traders today, you know, why are we seeing it so much strength in the sing, the low sulfur esteem complex, you know, in the spreads and the crack. They said there was no real kind of macro reasons that they can come up with, no major headlines, no big players kind of coming in doing anything. It just seems to be market behavior at the minute, seeing a lot of strength in that and that low-sulfur-sing complex.
0: What would you advise our listeners to keep an eye out for?
1: Just keep your eye on that, on that low-sulfur-sing complex. You know, the cracks been pushing... Trading eight sixty last week, that was kind of around like the seven dollars mark, seven dollar fifty mark. So that's really been pushing, as well as the time spreads. They've been really widening. That's good, you know, especially in the front month. If you've got exposure to roll from the rest of this month to June, or from June to July, you are going to be rolling that at a bigger premium. So definitely, yeah, just keep your eye on the low sulfur complex because it's pushing at the minute.
0: Well, I guess really, that's yeah. it from A Smith Seven. We'll see you next week.
1: See you next week. Been a pleasure, as always.
0: Thank you so much, Archie. Thank you very much. All Cheers. Right. Thank you. And now, an update on the Ferris Complex with Haupei. So, it looks like this past week, steel mills in China locked in rebar prices. How's this going to impact the steel and iron ore market?
2: Chinese steel mills started several rounds of production curve in late April, which resulted in a big drop on the finished steels. The steel mills saw sufficient orders in May. They lack the price, and on um, the the steel price, in particular rebars, in different with rebars. However, the maintenance is over. The demand of iron ore has come back. That's why iron ore started to uh, started the growth over last week, late last week and early this week. Moreover, as we mentioned from last week. The Farmhouse contract in DC market of iron ore has once closed to the cost line of small miners, which also supported from the cost of
0: So that brings up the question How how is it trading? There were quite a
2: few trades between the traders in the secondary markets. We haven't really seen a secondary market trade for three or four weeks. In addition, uh, the Premium League, PBF, Newman Finance, MECF, and VRBF were sold actively during the current two weeks. As a result, the physical market has seen some real demand, even when the futures market has bearish sentiment last week, obviously. If we trace back of our weekly report from last week, we believe that the market was oversold, and there should be a rebound. And there it is. However, we maintain uh, the long-run target as the price is still in the high range, which means we will see lower price than the current level in June because of the long-term sales. When they come, there will be a lot of supply in the market, which will resist the price of iron ore.
0: So this Monday, it looks like there was general improvement on major commodity products. What happened
2: the investment market started to enter a new cycle risk of period for the current month because it will naturally take more months to confirm either deflation in China or recession in US or Europe. That should be a quarter lens project. So basically, even if there are some risks, we can't see it from now. There are just not enough high-focus indicators to prove the fact. So before any big news happened, we potentially will see a risk tolerance recovery in the short run. The push was more linked with a financial stabilization meet in China on Wednesday as well, which supported a huge growth on Shanghai equities on Monday, one spiked from a negative 1% to 1% gain, which means a net 2% of increase within one trading hours. That must have impact on all industrial commodities. I mean, if you're interested, don't hesitate to follow our weekly published, the FIS Macro Reports, which set more details on how risks are valued or why the risks are off during the current period of time on the investment markets, and more insights related to the credit crunch. And
0: we'll make sure to link Hal's contact info on our website, freightuppodcast.com. If you're interested in finding out more about those technical reports or his insights on the future of the market. So, how for those of us keeping an eye on the market, what should we look out for this coming week?
2: I think it's a safe level for buyers from now on. Well, the only thing the buyers may pay is not the numbers. The only thing they need is to be patient for the price level picks up, I think, in short. Uh, the second thing I think it's worth noticing is the spread. Although we think the spread level is promising and everyone is going to buy the front month spread, for example, June, July, we also mentioned in the report that spread has a lot, has a lot of room to grow. We support the spread is grown up from the past two weeks, but now it's already uh, growing, and we think we need to keep an eye on the long-term contracts if they become crowded in the market, or if they start to emerge in the market, it's maybe timing for us to think the spread level is overvalued. As we mentioned, the spread goes up during the past two weeks, and I think it's worth noticing that if we we ever saw the long-term contracts in the market, maybe some point in June, then we need to think about the other side of the spread which means if we bought the spread before we may think of offset uh, the positions by then
0: That's how pay everyone thank you so much for joining us Up next an update on the steel market with Joshua Stern
3: You know it's been another pretty weird week here especially after a lot of conferences over the last couple of weeks both the IREPAS and Made in Steel conferences you know at this point and um, the physical markets have been pretty quiet because People expect and consumers essentially are kind of expecting the prices continue to fall in the steel markets. And there's not a ton of demand out there, especially from your OEMs and such. So your car producers, your BMWs, your Daimlers of the world, they're not exactly interested in buying right now because they they see essentially further pressure coming into the steel markets. Yeah, not exactly a lot of activity going on in the physical space at the moment.
0: There seems to be an evolving sentiment around scrap. Can you go into what that might look like?
3: It was very fast-paced at the beginning and exciting. But then as you kind of started to get towards the end of the week and towards the end of the conferences, we really saw that kind of interest starting to, to really die down as markets quieted up. There was also one big kind of takeaway from the Made in Steel event as well. And that was actually really kind of the looking at scrap as a critical resource, I would say is the correct way to put it. Scrap is going to become an increasingly important important. Well, it's an important input into any steelmaking process. So it's also very important for the European Union, for the United States, for China, etc., to maintain their scrap supply and not have that being outsourced elsewhere. So this has brought up some pretty interesting opinions and kind of, yeah, I would say almost worries actually in the scrap market, you know, that we don't A, have enough scrap here for the future, but B, how are we going to maintain that, especially in Europe? How are we going to maintain this supply of scrap that we need to feed our ARC furnaces, our electric ARC furnaces and such? So that is definitely one interesting development there. On that note, we've actually started to see scrap trade up quite a bit this week as well. Back end of the curves are trading up pretty heavily. I think that this has also has something to do with the interest rate environment out in Europe at the moment at 3.5% cost of carries are going to be increasing it would only make sense then that you know you start to get into kind of a contango environment where spot is going to be less expensive than anything further down the curve yeah essentially yeah spot is going to be trading at a discount because of course right now if you have to store things say that you have to store hrc until whatever december of 2023 well you know you used to basically be getting kind of paid to do that in a negative interest rate environment or almost at that point, it was backwardated, right? The spot demand was there as well. So, you know, interest rates were essentially not making it expensive for you to hold material over the long term. You were essentially getting paid to hold that material. Now, with interest rates rising, it costs you cash. It costs you opportunity cost to actually hold that material for the long run. So, therefore, you know, we're starting to see kind of the back end of the curve trade up. You know, at one point today, DEC 23 traded up to 400 bucks on scrap. Even OC 23 was trading at 400 and uh, now it's trading 387.5 on screen. So there's quite a bit of volatility out there as well. Very interesting to note here that, yeah, there is you know, significant volatility out there. But also, I believe that the scrap curve is really going to be the first mover into kind of this contango environment after having been in a backwardated environment for so long over the last couple of years in low interest rate environments post-COVID as well. So all in all, yeah, I think we're really kind of starting to see a kind of a perfect storm actually for anybody really who's kind of looking at hedging or at looking at at using the markets to go ahead and lock in margins, lock in profits, and then generally just better manage your cash flows.
0: So as quiet as the market is, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's no opportunities, right?
3: Rebar minus scrap was trading down to two ten. We're now at around 230, just edging up back up to about 250. I believe the October one was like 233 and a half, uh, 232 and a half as of. Uh, so it eased a bit this week. It came from 237 and a half on Monday to 232 and a half as we speak right now. So interesting stuff out there.
0: So, what's your big takeaway looking at the coming weeks, Josh?
3: It's time to be very vigilant out there as well. Look for any mispricings, look for any opportunities that are. Out of whack. So if you're looking at kind of spreading two products against each other, look at your spreads, look at mill margins, look at arc spreads. You know, see if there's anything that one can use to express a view there. Yeah, the arc spread has been pretty hot topic over the last couple of days here as well. So be vigilant. Look at what's going on in the scrap or in the physical markets, and then yeah.
0: All right, that's Joshua Stern for you all. Now for your freight update with our head of business development, Carrie Deal. Welcome back, Carrie. How was Istanbul? It
4: was fantastic, fantastic. What an interesting place. Returned from the uh, exotic Orient, I guess
0: you'd say, yeah. And back into beautiful Blighty.
4: Exactly, beautiful cloudy Britain, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um.
0: Thank you so much for my Turkish delight. No,
4: no problem at all. No trip will be complete without it, right? So
0: I refuse to eat it. That's how special it is. It's still sitting on my, on my counter, and I will absolutely just decimate my husband if he eats it. <laughs> first things first, what is going on with Cape rates? Uh, well,
4: look, the Cape market has had, to put it, simply a shocking week in terms of rates. All that optimism that had been creeping in about rates during the previous week was dashed as excess tonnage in the Pacific allowed those miners to drive rates on C five, that's the West Australia China route, down from nearly nine and a half dollars per ton to eight seventy yesterday, and we're hearing rumors even eight sixty being done floating around for end May, early June loading dates. That drop in rates was also reflected on the C3 route. That's Brazil-China with Iron Ore. That shed over a dollar, falling from over twenty-two and a half dollars last week to the low twenty-ones today. A product both of excess ballasters and relatively slow inquiry out of Brazil. Sentiment has, of course, played a role with the much lower than expected Chinese industrial growth figures. That is. They came out at 5.6 year on year percent growth uh, rather than 10.6 percent consensus forecast, having spooked that market.
0: And this has been an ongoing topic for us for some weeks now.
4: You hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's worth noting we have been warning for weeks that Chinese blast furnace utilization was effectively maxed out. That is at the 92 to 93 percent range. And therefore, there was no room for sustained growth in iron ore imports but there was substantial downside risk from that macro perspective in terms of iron ore and coking coal imports. So it may be we are seeing the early signs of this with some decreases. We've seen slight decreases in pig iron output from Chinese mills for the last couple of weeks consecutively. That's potentially indicating a gradual decrease in production run rates for steel. On paper, it has been a continuous drop from last Wednesday onwards, with the front month CAPE 5TC paper falling from 23.125 last Wednesday, To 18.075 value on FIS Live today. That Q3 also dropped from 22.375 to 18.675
0: today. Please tell me the Panamaxes are doing better.
4: I wish I could. Oh, no. Uh, The Panamaxes have also presented a rather grim picture lately. And I think actually this is more surprising. I think this has befuddled quite a few people in the market, uh, including myself to a degree, who had higher hopes for this market. That is, given we are just towards the end of the South American grain export season, one might have expected better support for the Panamaxes now, even with those big ships looking negative. But alas, on both physical and paper, that has just not come about. The 5TC average dropped by a further 15% over the past week to 11,343 today. This drop has been pretty consistent across all basins, with the Pacific remaining very heavy on tonnage, lacking much inquiry for the past week. The Atlantic has also followed suit, and despite a few more transatlantic mineral cargos hitting the market we're hearing in the past two days, we're just not seeing enough to move that dial yet. East Coast South America has been quiet as well, with rates headed towards their lows of Jan and Feb.
0: Do we have any positivity to... In part on our audience this week. You know,
4: there is one thing. Interestingly, we should note that the USDA has actually just increased their predictions for China's corn imports by 28%. They also gave a forecast that increases their expectation of Chinese soybean, wheat, and sorghum imports. So this would be a, a massive positive for Panamaxes. I should explain the vast majority of Chinese grain imports do get carried on Panamaxes. And so look for this, especially in Q3, as the U.S. grain season, the northern hemisphere grain season starts to kick in. But for now, that is about all the Bulls can latch onto. Paper also negative for the past week with the front month Panamax 4TC paper dropping from 14,325 at the peak last Wednesday to 11,125 value today on FIS Live, although we do seem to be finding some cautious support with those levels on June in line with the current spot index. Q3 has fallen from fifteen three hundred to twelve six seven five.
0: All right, Carrie. Given that giant chunk of information we've just dropped on our audience, (laughs) yeah. What's your big takeaway for them for this week? On a
4: personal level, I'm more bearish on the capes. From a macro perspective, I do think that those USDA figures should lead to some light at the end of the tunnel for the Panamax market as we get into Q3, but let's see.
0: Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Thank you so much, Carrie.
4: Thanks a lot, Fernanda.
0: Well, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining. And we'll make sure to see you next time on Freight Up. If you have any comments, questions or feedback for the show, make sure to click the microphone icon on our website, FreightUpPodcast.com to leave us a voice note. We'll see you next week.